0: Today, we're talking about money guilt and how to ask for the pay you deserve with Jean Chatsky. This is the 7 Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. 7 Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union. When it comes to financial education, earning and learning go hand in hand. And Family First is here to help you and the greater Rochester community with both. So good to have you back this week. Thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to listen to the Seven Figures podcast. I want you to take a second and just think to yourself, how would you react if you were in this situation? You go to a cocktail party or a friend's birthday party this weekend, and you find yourself with a group of women that you don't know that well, and they start talking about money. Finances. One woman's talking about the 529 college savings plan that she has set up, and then another woman chimes in with, you know, how she's investing in her 401k plan. How quickly do you try to get out of that conversation? How uncomfortable do you feel talking about money? A lot of women would say they feel extremely uncomfortable, but we have to get over that hurdle, that discomfort, because it's so important for us, especially women, to lean on each other and learn from each other. And our guest today is a big believer in this, financial editor for the Today Show, host of the Her Money podcast, author of several books, including the one that just hit the shelves, Women With Money, Jean Chatsky is here with us. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Oh, fantastic! I appreciate you squeezing us into your super busy day. It is my pleasure. For- I
1: was laughing when you when you started talking about this this cocktail party because you know this has actually been studied. Somebody did a, a, a survey firm in Great Britain did a poll about a year ago, maybe two years ago, where they said. All right, the topic of conversation turns at a dinner party. Which one of these things would you least like to talk about? Politics, sex, religion, and money. And it was money that sent everybody running for the hill.
0: It's crazy.
1: I know. I know, it's true. And that's why in researching this new book, uh, Women with Money, One of the things that I started to do and have continued to do, actually, although the book is already done, is hold per-money happy hours, and these are informal gatherings of women, um, usually about a dozen, where talking about money is the agenda. We actually developed uh, a set of, of questions, a card deck. We pass the cards around, you take a card, you get a question, you have to are talking and it's it's really empowering and um fun one one woman called it revolutionary it, it's very very liberating to to be in a place where this is what you're there to do and so you're just going to do it and your level of comfort with it rises through the evening wine helps by the way wine definitely helps oh, of course. but <laughs> um but it's it's um a lot of times the women who I, I do these with and I, I do them all over the country when I travel is um, they, they're they exchanging numbers by the end of the evening to get together again.
0: Do you feel like women are more apt to talk honestly and candidly about money when there's no men in the room? Yes,
1: but, uh, yeah, absolutely. and And this is my own little piece of unscientific research, but... One of the things that I, I do is, is speak frequently to large groups of people. I, I go out and I talk at conventions and, and seminars and things like this. And the Q and A periods after I give my talk are very, very different depending on whether or not there's men in the room. When there when there are men in the room, it takes a little while to get going. Sometimes women are shy to raise their hands or come to the mic. When it's only women. It lights up immediately, and, um, and we have trouble shutting it down.
0: It's so fascinating. Well, congratulations on your new book. Thank you. Thank you. I'm
1: really, really excited about it. It is um, by far the most personal thing I've ever written. I found myself really writing about my own experiences with money, good and bad, as I went through the book. And I... Um, and we're getting, we're getting good feedback on it already. So nice. I hope your your listeners will, will check it out.
0: Women with Money, the Judgment-Free Guide to Creating the Joyful, Less-Stressed, Purposeful, and Yes Rich Life You Deserve, which sounds like everything we want. <laughs> you know, you you know s- I know
1: that subtitle is a mouthful, but um, I looked at it, I, I put it together and then I looked at it and I was like, okay, I've got to cut some words out of this, but I wanted all of
0: those words. Well, it's everything we really do want. If you, if you were to say, hey, what do you want when it comes to finances? That's probably what we would say. And judgment-free, I think, is particularly yes.
1: important, right?
0: No, you know, none of us deserve to be
1: shamed or blamed or judged for right. our financial decisions. We all work much too hard for that.
0: Right. Now, you you said that you were talking about how it's very personal to you. And you did talk a lot about it in the book, your money story. And that's so important for all of us to really understand our money story and our relationship with money. Can you expose yours? Sure, absolutely. I mean,
1: my my money story is a little bifurcated. I grew up, and, and just so your, your listeners understand, your money story is not what you were taught about money. Mm-hmm. Your money story is the air in the house where you were raised. Um, it, it's what happened on payday when um, or when the visa bill landed. And was there tension in the air? Was there joy around holidays? Was, um, was 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 there worry around holidays? Did your parents talk about these things? Did they fight about these things? I mean, it was really much more than did you get an allowance as a kid and learn how to save 10%. So it know, it's those little... It's,
0: Subtle, subtle things that happened in the household where your parents weren't even really realizing they were teaching you a lesson. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They weren't
1: trying to teach you anything at all. It was just the way things were. And as a result, you grew up with a mindset of (laughs) abundance or scarcity. And it impacts how you make decisions, you know, to this day. I mean, I grew up... um, I grew up in a household. My, my father was a college professor. My mother, for the first um, ten years or so of my life, didn't really work. Um, she stayed home and raised us. Not there was there was plenty of money to be comfortable. There was not a lot of money for extras. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I I my parents were pretty scrappy as far as money was concerned. They they uh, they I, I remember. Vacations where we would get in the car and go on road trips, um, and instead of uh, instead of going to a McDonald's or someplace else for lunch, we would go to a grocery store and buy a loaf of bread and a, and a pack of bologna and, mm-hmm. and make sandwiches and eat them out of the back of the car. And you know it was a picnic. My they they uh, they wrapped it in fun, but it was pretty clear that we were being thrifty.
0: Now, here's the um, question, then. When you took a long road trip, did your parents pay for you guys to stay in an overnight stay? Or did you have to sleep in the van like my parents would make us do? <laughs> wow.
1: Well, we didn't have a van. We had a station wagon. Oh, okay. So, no, we did We did. We did uh, check into a, a Holiday Inn. I, would rem- I remembered a lot of Holiday Inns.
0: Oh, my God. How funny. Um, yeah.
1: But I also had a very strong female role model. Um, My mother handled the bills. Mm. Um, my, it made my father very cranky to do it. and uh, and she managed the bills and and she took charge of the investments. So that definitely made an impact on me. oh, wow.
0: So for us, when we look through our lives then, we're like, okay, so now now it all makes sense why I am tight with my money or I spend money like crazy or whatever. What do we do then at that point
1: um, this is information that we need to understand in order to help ourselves get where we want to go so if you if you understand that you are um, spending emotionally right you mm-hmm. have a bad day and you uh, there, there are women in, in the book who, who talk about how um, when they 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 grew up in a household where money was thrown at problems and to this day if they're having a, a bad day they throw money at problems and sometimes it's not money they have yeah. and um, if you recognize that about yourself then you can take steps to deal with it then you can realize oh when I'm emotional when I've had a bad day when I've had a you know a lousy day at the office or a, 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 a fight with my teenager or a that with my spouse, I I take my energy and I use my credit card to do some damage at the mall. Once you know that, then you can focus that energy in another direction. You can take that energy out for a walk, which isn't going to cost you anything. You can can take that energy and you can Allow it into cleaning a closet. You know, you can yeah. you can do other things with it, but if you don't understand it, then you can't stop it. Okay. Um, and the same is true for people who have trouble spending money. Um, again, the the, sto- the book is full of a lot of stories of, of real women who talk at these happy hours of, about their own financial experiences and hopes and dreams and, and how they got what they wanted um, because there is a lot of, uh, money flowing into the hands of women that, that wasn't there in previous generations. Sometimes you have to segregate a pool of money for, for enjoyable spending, you know, so that you know that you've satisfied all of your other goals and that this money is is there for enjoyment.
0: And as you read the book, because you do spotlight the stories of real women, you start to connect with certain stories in the book. It kind of reminds you, oh, yeah, that's that's how I am. So, It makes you feel like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk about money guilt a lot of us struggle with and how we can earn the pay we deserve, which is also a big struggle for a lot of women. But first, Seven Figures is sponsored by Family First Credit Union, a helpful, educated team in our community that enjoys helping you live a financially healthy life. Financial editor for the Today Show, founder and CEO of Her Money, and author of the latest book, Women with Money, Jean Chatsky is here with us. And I laughed out loud when I read your thoughts on guilt, because you said you knew it very well because you're Jewish. And I'm Italian, so I have the massive guilt cloud hanging over me too. So I was dying. I was laughing. How do we overcome the guilt how does that hold us back
1: i think we have to recognize that guilt is a useless emotion you know guilt does nobody any good and so if you can compartmentalize if you can just put the guilt away and instead focus on your goals and getting to what you want your money to actually achieve for you and achieve for other people it's um it's easier. I also think when it comes to guilt that age helps. Um, um, I I have found it a lot. You know, when we think about what guilt is, we're we're um, we're thinking about other people's feelings often, mm-hmm. right? And what other people think of our actions or our reactions. As I've gotten older, I care a lot less about what other people think. And I think that's pretty common. Yeah. Um, and and so I I think one of the things to say about guilt is that it does get better. How do you deal
0: with it? I have to agree with you. I think it was the age I turned forty, was that magical age where it was like a light switch. This renewed. Yeah. This renewed confidence. And then once you hit that point where you are you can say, Hey, I'm financially confident, that's another milestone, isn't it? Yes so much. So getting paid what you're worth, this was very interesting in your book and you have a great take on it because it's something we struggle with. All of us struggle with, but specifically women, under-earning and just being okay with that. What is your advice?
1: Well, it's a several step process. You have to know what you're worth. Right? And we're, we're fortunate in that there are a lot of resources out there that can help us figure out what we're worth these days. We can use websites like glass door and pay scale, we can if we work for a company that's advertising um, for other staffers, we should look at what they're willing to pay those other staffers, particularly if we've been there for a while because sometimes you're you're not rewarded for longevity.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then um, then we need to get in a frame of mind where we can actually ask for more. And what I will say is that it gets easier. It is, I, I negotiate for myself these days. I have a number of different clients and I, I negotiate. And the first hundred times I did it, not hundred, but the first few, it's just hard to make those words come out of your mouth when you're asking for more money for you. Um, but but if you do it a couple of times, it does get easier. And you should practice. You know, practice with a friend, practice with a spouse, practice with a mirror, Um you know, this is the number I am thinking of based on the work that I have been doing. You know, think of your number. Ask for your number, especially if you're negotiating for a new job. Um, the the uh, the headhunter or the human resources person or the hiring manager on the other side is expecting you to negotiate. And, and believe me, they have left something back just in case you do negotiate. And uh-huh. if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it.
0: Are there any jobs that you regret that you did not fight for the pay that you feel like you deserved? Um,
1: I got fairly good at it uh, in in my second or third job. Uh, I did have an interesting experience when I was a staff writer at Smart Money Magazine where I asked for a raise because I, I was producing... Um, as much as people who are getting paid a lot more than me. And I knew it. And my boss said to me that he would happily give me a raise, but he had to justify it to his boss. And so he said, go out and get another offer, um, which was very interesting. And so I did, and I brought it back and he gave me a raise. And I felt kind of bad about that company that I had strung along to get that other offer, but, um, you know, if, if he hadn't given me a raise at that point, I would have taken the other job.
0: Do you feel like, cause you said you knew what other people were, were making, how important do you think it is for us to openly talk to each other, other fellow women specifically, and just disclose how much we earn?
1: I think it's a really slippery slope. I think it's you know, I love that we're moving in this direction with transparency from the corporate level. I think that's important. Um, But I also think if you are working at the next desk from somebody and you're doing... um, and you learn that they're being paid more than you are for the same work, um, until you are able to rectify that situation... You're going to hate them every day, mm-hmm. and that makes it hard to um, to come in and to continue to put a smile on your face. Yeah, that's true. so. So I think in I think in um, I think in theory it's great. I think in practice it's hard. One one way to deal with it is to, as you leave another job, share your salary then. Let everybody know then what you were making, or at least let one or two women who you're trying to take care of know at that point, because then they're not going to hate you because you're not going to be there. Um, They'll be grateful, and they can use the information to get more money. Oh, that's a good point.
0: Gene Chatsky, financial editor, the Today Show founder uh, and CEO of Her Money, and now the author of the book that is out now, Women with Money, the Judgment-Free Guide to Creating the Joyful, Less Stressed, Purposeful, and, yes, Rich Life You Deserve. HerMoney.com is a great resource, too, and the Her Money podcast. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much, Gene, for uh, for talking with us today and helping us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Gosh, I cannot believe it's already April next week. First Friday of the month. CFP VP at Morgan Stanley, Erica Cummings joins the conversation because we are coining this year the year of financial wellness. Every month Erica comes in, we kind of zero in and focus on a certain area of our finances. She gives us a task to do. Yeah, we have homework. I know, but it's good. It's good homework because we're getting one step closer to being able to say, yes, I feel good about my finances. Yes, I have a good understanding of what's going on. So I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, you enjoy your last weekend of March and we raise our glass and say cheers to being financially confident women. If you have a personal finance question or feedback about the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to Sandy at sandy at rochesterbuzz.com. New episode every Friday. Listen, subscribe and tell a friend about the Seven Figures Podcast. Smart money strategies for women.